Hello, LifePoint Youth. Welcome to our midweek gathering. It is so good to see you. It is so good to be with you. We are uh, uh, once again on Facebook, man, just trying to uh, be together, create a time and a space to read God's Word, to, to listen to what He has to say. And uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. I hope you guys are as well. If you're, if you're commenting or liking, I, I would hope that you would also share this as well so that you can uh, be able to just play your part in, in spreading the gospel, man. This is uh, such a, an awesome time to really be bold about your faith. And I just think it's, it's incredible. Uh, it's an incredible time. We're actually going to be getting into a little bit of that as we close out our cross and grave, the cross and the grave. Uh, that series, man, we, we are uh, so excited to come to the, the amazing conclusion. This is your Easter uh, message coming uh, on a Wednesday night, a uh, couple weeks after Easter. But, but we are, it, it's an incredible thing. And, I, and again, the same way with last week, I, I, I know that we had our Easter services. Pastor Mike did an incredible job of, of bringing the word and really sharing the, the Easter story with all of us and, and reading through that and walking through that. I would like to once again take a different approach in how we look at, uh, at this story. I'm going to be reading out of uh, Luke um, chapter 24. I'm going to be reading a couple verses and then I'll be paraphrasing mostly uh, just to, to get through the, the amount of content, the amount of reading that we have to get through. I would strongly urge you uh, this week to read through uh, Luke 24. It's the last chapter of Luke. Luke is one of my favorite um, Bible uh, uh, books, and, and I really, um, really enjoy what it has to say. For those of you who don't know about the Gospel of Luke, let me just fill you in on a little bit. Um, the Gospel of Luke was intended, its whole purpose of its writing was so that Gentiles would be uh, uh, able to understand that they were grafted into this, this kingdom that Jesus established. You see, before it was only for the Jews. It was kind of like a clique. It was kind of like a club. And, and you had to be a Jew in order to, to be close with God. Well, Jesus came, obviously, and flipped that on its head. And Luke wants, throughout every story, Luke wants to share that there is a clear relationship between Gentiles and Jesus in the same way that Jews and Jesus had a relationship. And, and it focuses on his actions towards Gentiles to, to really uh, convey that to convey that message. This account that we're going to be reading, obviously, as we close this series out, is going to be the account of Jesus's resurrection and the fact that he won over death, he beat death, and he won the battle of the grave. And so I'd like to just go ahead and start with, uh, actually, before we get into this, I'd like to share something with you. Um, I, again, I, I know it seems like the more I'm recording these, the more I'm thinking, man, I really am a movie buff and I'm a nerd on top of that. Uh, Macy and I, my, my wonderful fiance, Macy and I have been going through this quarantine, rewatching all of the Marvel movies, all of them in order of the release. Uh, and then after this, I plan on going back personally because Macy doesn't want to do it again. But I plan on going back and, uh, and watching them in uh, chronological order. So Captain America first, then Captain Marvel, then all this other stuff and, and so on and so forth. But again, I'm just a nerd. And to set this thing up, to set this story up, I would just like to, to propose this. Remember in, in, in Infinity War, 
how bleak of a story that was at the end of that movie. I remember leaving that theater really upset with my friends, really upset as we were leaving. Everybody just got dusted. There's like the main heroes and that's it. And it's like, what is going on? I remember leaving and just going, that's it. That's how we're going to end this thing. Like, really? That's the movie? And everybody was talking, oh, it's fantastic. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing that happened. It's, it, was, it was so cool. I, I really enjoyed it. It's something you have to hear or have to see. And I remember thinking, why? I mean, it's, it's a story about people getting beat up and, and dusted. You know, they get wiped off of the face of the earth. Literally, they're wiped off the face of the earth. And there's a big, but there was a big cultural impact that came with that movie. And then just a year later, we get the conclusion to that infinity saga. The entire 20 movies or so, or so 18 movies, 10 years, all of this comes down to this, this end game movie. And that became a, a, a phenomenon in and of itself. Infinity War was amazing. I loved that movie, uh, despite the ending. But end game trumped everything that Infinity War did in both critic reviews and fan perception. It was truly the perfect ending to the saga. And that's really where, uh, where we're going to be at. We're going to really look at the ending of this saga. You know, I, I, uh, I think that it's an incredible uh, word. And let's just go ahead and get into it. I know I, I set it up and, and uh, went back, uh, kind of teased you there a little bit. So in, um, in chapter 24, I just want to read the first 12 verses. And this is what it says. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and they went to the tomb. But they found the stone was rolled away. Remember, it was a huge stone that could never be rolled away. Like, like there was, it was so hard to even get it into place. There's no way it could be rolled away. But it was. And when they entered, they did not find the body of Lord Jesus. While they, wondering, while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood b- beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down to their faces and to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. This is important. Remember how he told you he was still with you in Galilee. The son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And on the third day be rose again. And then they remembered his words. Verse nine, when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven. And to all the others, and it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. And Peter, however, got up and ran from the tomb. Bending over, he saw the stripes of linen lying beside themselves, uh, lying by themselves. And as he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. You see, I think the really cool thing, especially in context with just a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the predictions that Jesus had given his disciples. Man, I think, and this might seem contradictory, so please bear with me as I, as I kind of explain this. But I want you guys to know this. The Easter story, this resurrection story, was no new news. It was not something that was new. This was something that had been planned, had been talked about, had been prepared for generations upon generations all the way back into Genesis at the fall. 
This was something that had already been set into motion. And, and it was nothing new. You see, as, as Mary and as, uh, uh, as, as Mary went into the tomb, as, as, as these women went into the tomb and they, they began to, uh, to look around for Jesus' body and they, and they were looking and seeing this empty tomb, they, they kind of looked right past the, the angels that were there. They fell to their, their, their faces. They didn't know what they were there for. You see, they didn't even realize that they were angels. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't even realize it because they were so focused on finding Jesus. What a beautiful story that Jesus, this beaten and battered man, the son of God who was killed, was still more beautiful than even the most radiant of angels. I think that that in and of itself is just an incredible uh, uh, analogy, an incredible thought to, to think about. But, but the angels, when they begin to talk to, to these women, they tell them, they go, do you not remember? Do you not remember? Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. Remember how he told you when he was still with you in Galilee. They're saying, hey, wake up. He's already told you all of this. Why are you acting so surprised? Why are you acting so shocked? See, I think it's an, it's an incredible thing to know that, that all they did was just put to memory the things that Jesus had already talked to. And in the modern day, man, that's exactly what we do as pastors, as a church staff, as, as a church family, as a youth ministry. I mean, we're trying to just share these stories so that you can keep them in your heart and remember them as you go throughout. You know, it was incredible that, that they were able to just simply remind them. And it was nothing new. There was no new cutting edge uh, uh, part of this story. It had already been said by Jesus himself. We saw that a couple weeks ago. Jesus was already laying the foundation for this to happen. And I think it was funny as, as well as you read further down that when they tell the 11, they don't listen to them. One, because they're women. And in that time, women, all they could speak of was nonsense if they were going to speak something like this. There's no way women could, could be so lowly and bring such amazing information. But I think, isn't it just like God to use the weakest uh, people in society and the, and the people who are kind of discarded to, to bring forth news like this? And then you see Peter's response. Peter runs to the tomb. And, 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 and this is the guy who just a couple days earlier was running away from Jesus as he's being arrested. Man, this amazing reconciliation, this amazing work on the cross is already starting to take forth, uh, is already to take, uh, starting to take form. There you go. Got it. I just think it's incredible to see that, 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 that Peter now runs to the tomb. But once again, he leaves. In verse 12, it says, he ran, he got up, he bent over, he saw the stripes of linen, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Why? Why was it that he was wondering what had happened? Man, shouldn't he have remembered what Jesus had said? Did it really take angels to come to Peter as well to be able to remind him of what Jesus had already spoken? I think it's important to know that there was no new news coming from Jesus' resurrection. It had, already been, it had already been laid out, clear as day. I think of this, I think uh, uh, in terms of of my own life, man, I, I'm notorious for leaving stuff in random places. 
You guys ever lose something and the reason you lose something is because you didn't put it in the right spot? So like you lose it and you're like, it's always been here. It cannot not be here. And then you're like, it's just gone, whatever. I'm notorious for, for losing money in my pockets uh, when I carry cash. Uh, all throughout college, I used to carry cash and, and didn't have a, a debit card or anything like that. And I know, crazy, right? But like I remember I would, especially when I started doing my own laundry by myself, and I remember I would throw stuff in the laundry. I would throw jeans. I would throw shirts. I would throw hoodies in the laundry. And I would come out and there would be just wads of wet and crumpled cash. And, and it, was, it was always a nice memory. It was always a nice like, kind of reward to go, oh, wow, look, got money. Like, this is awesome. And, it, and it's kind of the same thing with the disciples, man. They kind of took Jesus's words. They took his, his warnings, his teachings, and they kind of just put it in their, in, in, in their pockets. Mary and, and, and the women who, who went to the tomb, they took these words that Jesus had spoke and they kind of just put it in their pocket and forgot about it. And it took the angels to be this kind of washing machine to start shaking things around so that by the time they, they got done reminding them, they're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I did have that $20 in my pocket. Oh yeah, I do, I do remember what Jesus said. Like, it's this incredible revelation that comes but it was nothing new. There was nothing new there. I'm going to go ahead and skip down uh, a little bit to uh, Jesus appearing on the road to Emmaus. Jesus appears to, to these two men as a stranger. They don't know who he is. They, they, they see him as a stranger. And what he's doing is he's kind of inquiring about what had happened. They were uh, walking around and, and, and it's right outside. It's a couple days after Jesus's death. And and, uh, and this is, and, you know, they just are, are talking. And in 18, it says this, One of them asked Jesus, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem? And do you not know the things that have happened here in these days? And Jesus said, What things? And this is what they respond. They said, About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, He was a prophet, powerful in the word and indeed before God and all the people. And the chief priests of our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he would be the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day that this all took place. And in addition, some of the women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they did not find his body. They came and they told us that he had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. In verse uh, 24, it says, Then some of our companions went to the tomb and they found it just as the women had said, but, but him they did not see. This right here is the, one of the first, uh, the first accounts of the gospel story being presented in its rawest form. That Jesus came into Jerusalem, was hailed as a king, he was sentenced to death. He was arrested. He was taken. He was beaten. He was killed. And this was going to be the day that he was going to return. And, and what happens? His body's not being found anywhere. I think that this is an incredible thing to know, especially this account in uh, uh, 18 through 24 uh, of chapter 24, because it shows this. Jesus' death was going to be made known. There were people who believed in him, believed he was who exactly he said he was, and they were going to proclaim his death. 
and they were going to tell everybody, you killed the son of God. How dare you? This man was the Messiah. He was this person. They were not going to be quiet about it. You could tell through this interaction that Jesus' followers were not going to be quiet about it. Were they scared? Absolutely. They thought they would be next. But eventually they were not going to be quiet about Jesus' death. So if by this interaction of them speaking to Jesus as a stranger, they don't know who he is, and they're proclaiming Jesus' death and, and the, this, this, this amazing teacher that he was, and, and he was exactly who he said he was. They clearly believed in him. And here they are sharing the story of the gospel to this stranger that they don't know. And I think it's an incredible thing to know that if Jesus' death was going to be made known, imagine what his resurrection would do in the lives of those people who were going to share that story. Imagine, um, look at what it did in the book of Acts, man. You read the early church and what happened with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, how they were empowered to preach boldly. We're going to read a little bit about that or, or talk a little bit about that later. But I just think it's so cool to know that here's the summary of what they say. They say that, that Jesus of Nazareth, he was a prophet, he was a teacher from God, he preached a true and excellent doctrine and he had a, it, had, it was totally heaven focused. He had confirmed all of his teachings by the miracles that he performed, miracles of mercy, so that he was mighty in deed and in word before God and all the people. He was a great favorite of heaven and a great blessing on earth. He was and appeared to be greatly beloved of God and much, uh, much of the darling of his people. And in this interaction, they say he had great acceptance with God. He had a great reputation in the country. Many are great before all the people and are caressed by them who are not so before God, but as the scribes and the Pharisees. Christ was both mighty in his doctrine and his doings before God and all people. That's really the gist of what they're saying here. They're saying, listen, he was who he said he was. You need to listen to this. You need to hear about this. How could you not know about this great man that, that was there. They had no idea that they were sharing the gospel for one of the first times ever, the full gospel. You have the women who, who go and share that the tomb was empty, but this is the first gospel presentation in its entirety, that Jesus was a great prophet, that he was arrested and he was killed, and that he was, his body was gone. And they didn't know what was up. I just think it's incredible to know that Jesus' death was going to be made known and that the resurrection was going to only elevate their, their willingness to share. I remember me, uh, I, I, when I was a kid, um, I remember getting uh, uh, Christmas gifts and, and all sorts of stuff. And this is what I kind of liken this to. You get something good and you kind of trade it for something better or you get that missing piece and, and you're able to kind of re, uh, finish this story to be great. I remember... Uh, Christmas one year, um, we would always get a big gift. So we would get clothes and everything like that, and that was cool, but we would always get a gift. And I say we because my brother and I had to share it because it was always going to be big. It was always going to be something that we would share and this and that. Now we're both adults. We have our own gaming systems and things like that, and we have our own uh, uh, technology. Like, we do our own stuff now. But we used to have to share, and I remember... Uh, my parents would kind of direct where we would get our gifts and which one's which. And they, they pulled out this little square about this big. And they said, go ahead and open it. I said, okay, awesome. Yeah, I'll do that. 
So I opened it, ripped it open, and it was a PlayStation game. PlayStation 1. One of my favorite games ever. It was a Spider-Man game. If you don't know me, I love Spider-Man. He's one of my favorite characters just in general. But uh, I remember getting that game. I'm like, man, that's so awesome. Wait a minute. You almost got me. I don't have a PlayStation. <laughs> like, thanks for getting me this game. Thank you for the gesture. But no thanks. I, I don't have any use for this. And then my parents, very next gift, they said, go ahead and open that one. Sure enough. It was a PlayStation 1, man. I had the game first and then I got the console. I, I was able to get something good and I was able to make it great. I had something that was a missing piece that I had needed and now I was able to actually complete the story. I was able to, to, to complete this. Jesus, in this, this chapter in, in uh, Luke, he goes on and he, he begins to appear to the disciples. And this is where we get accounts like, uh, like Doubting Thomas. We get the restoration of Peter. What he's doing is he's slowly reconciling these disciples and giving them the Holy Spirit or telling them that they're going to receive the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, they do. And, and he says, you're going to do amazing works. You're going to do greater works than even me. And the disciples, and the, like the disciples and like the men on the road, to Emmaus, we're supposed to do that same thing. We're supposed to constantly be looking to reconcile, reconcile ourselves to, to what it is that God wants for us. We're supposed to, to ask for repentance. We're supposed to, to right our wrongs and, and look at our life and ask for forgiveness. But then there's a second half of that where we're required and we're, we're urged by, by God himself through the Holy Spirit to begin to preach the word, to begin to preach it with boldness and joy. The same way that all of these guys did as they began their, their journeys as early church leaders. And, and I just think that it's an incredible thing to know that the, the, this full story from the, from the Old Testament prophecy all the way through even past Jesus to the early church and then moving into the modern day, man, we have a clear calling on our lives to spread this gospel and to share the good news and, and to know, man, that, that we are supposed to look at the word. We're supposed to know it so that we don't miss the things that the disciples missed so that we can go ahead and be sharp and be ready and be bold without any sort of, uh, uh, of conflict or, or, or things. Will that come? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a constant, continual process. I'm not trying to downplay that. But anything we can do to be intentional about making ourselves better and making ourselves bolder to share the word is exactly what we're called to do. Hey man, thank you so much. Let's go ahead and, and just close this time out in prayer. Thank you so much for, for listening and, and watching and, and doing everything. So I just would love to, to pray and close this series out in prayer and, and just let us know if there's anything that we can pray with you about. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you so much that you are a God who writes complete stories. You don't give us uh, half-truths. You don't give us uh, bits and pieces. You don't give us mysteries that we have to solve. Lord, you lay everything out truly. Even when we miss it, like the disciples did often, Lord, we thank you that you provide a way for us to be able to, to learn about you, to hear about this amazing word, Lord, and then to be able to, to, to be uh, compelled to share that. 
So Father, I pray for each and every student, each and every person who is watching or listening. Lord, I pray that you would do uh, an incredible work in their life, Lord. We pray against uh, isolation. We pray against uh, this feeling of anxiety, these, these feelings of depression, Lord. And I pray for boldness to be uh, filled instead, Lord. Everything that you are taking out of that, that is bad, Lord, I pray that you would counteract it with just a boldness and just a compassion and, and, and a, a, a compelling uh, um, nature to share your word and to share it with people uh, who desperately need it. Lord, we thank you for the word that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, make sure that you are liking our LifePoint youth page. Uh, you can hit that uh, up here or up here. I don't know exactly where you're watching. Maybe you're watching it on a mini browser as you scroll through Facebook, you filthy sinner. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you can also check out our... Um, you can also check out our, our audio podcast. We have LifePoint Youth's audio podcast. You can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I also host another podcast called Engaging the Culture, where we're trying to talk and equip students and leaders alike uh, in just how to interact with uh, the culture and the world that we are faced with today. You don't want to miss out on it. Uh, just had a really cool discussion with one of my old college friends. It was a really uh, good time. You don't want to miss uh, that and, and everything else that's coming forward as well. Um, man, we're just so excited. Make sure that you remember our Zoom hangout rooms that we're going to be doing throughout the week on Tuesdays and Fridays. And I believe that's it as far as like really urgent things that I feel compelled to, uh, to tell you about. Make sure you just follow us on, um, on our LifePoint Facebook page and our Instagram page at LPYouthAZ so that you can stay up to, uh, up to date with all of our information, everything that we're doing. And if any of this changes, man, we, we want you guys to be in the know. Thank you so much for spending time with us uh, tonight, and we will see you very, very soon.